Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, World's Finest Comics number 162, cover date November 1966, cover price 12 cents, cover artists Kurt Swan and George Klein, edited by Mort Weisinger. Featuring Superman and Batman in Pawns of the Jousting Master, written by Jim Shooter, art by Kurt Swan and George Klein. And Tommy Tomorrow in The Human Circus, written by Otto Binder, art by Jim Mooney. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go! After completing an adventure together, Superman and Batman are challenged by a knight in armor who appears out of nowhere. The knight defeats the world's finest team and brings them back in time to the days of Camelot, revealing himself as Sir Lancelot. Meanwhile, Tommy Tomorrow runs away and joins the circus. Confused? Don't worry, I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. You know that the circus has just arrived in town The village green is a different scene And a million stars around Up filled with prizes for us to win At the spin of a silver coin There'll be bareback riders and man-eating tigers At the circus Aren't you glad you're going to the circus? That's where I'll be, I'm going Circus. Good night. What? Well, we have a new across-the-street neighbor, and she clearly didn't read the HOA covenant carefully enough because, as everyone in the neighborhood knows, there's no mowing to be done on Sunday afternoon when we record. Exactly. So she's out there. Is she? Does she have someone out there mowing for her? No, she bought her own tractor. <gasps> she and it's did a John Deere. Not. Well, oh. she's a. As far as I know, she's a single. Woman. Well, good for her. I enjoyed meeting her in the grocery store. She's lovely. Mm-hmm. I only met her one time. She gave me a hug. I in the know. Grocery. I thought the two of you had bonded. No. Well, she's delightful. Um, she's got the look down, wide brimmed hat, yes. sunglasses, Good big for her. wide glasses. Yeah. Smart little mowing outfit. She's got a John Deere. I'm jealous. I know. We bought a bargain model, didn't we? Well, it served us well, as far as I know, on the rare occasions you allow me to ride it. <laughs> it takes a lot more time. To ride the lawnmower and cut the grass, and it does your part, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Do you know my father, mm-hmm. uh, I guess when he was young, he'd seen a boy get his toe cut off in the lawnmower. Yes. So I wasn't allowed to even mow the grass till I was about 13 years old. You're kidding. No. My goodness. I had an important job, though. What? I would take a shovel and a paper sack from the grocery and go out and shovel up the dog poop out of the yard. Well, that's an important job. I should say so. Indeed. What's new? Oh, my gosh. Well, as you can see from my face, I'm not wearing glasses today. Hey! I was finally able to put in my contacts. Congratulations. Thank How you. do you like them? I like them a lot, actually. Yeah. Are you going to get some of those crazy ones, like solid white, like Storm, or <laughs> like uh, Eye of... What's his name? And no. Sauron? Sauron, no. no. Or uh, maybe a fancy color like purple, like Liz Taylor? No, I, I don't want to attract attention to my eyes. Why not? Well, there's no reason to. Well, sure there is. You could have coordinating sets for each outfit. Oh, well, could I? Match your socks, tie, and contacts. My goodness. That's what I would do if oh. I were lucky enough to need eyewear. 
that doesn't come from the drugstore. So uh, let's see. And and we have our final house guests left today. So yes. we have had house guests since the 1st of July. Yes. And so now it's quiet at home. Yes. And it's delightful. I do miss um, I do miss the time that we had with them. It was delightful. A little too quiet, if you ask me. Oh, here at the home right now? Mm-hmm. You don't like it? Well, I don't trust it. Something's oh. other shoe's going to drop at some time. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I did go to church today. You did? Mm-hmm. When? Home Depot. Oh, that yeah. church. Yes. I did not. Yes. I uh, collected some more outfits in Tears of the Kingdom. I uh-huh. got quite a nice collection. Okay. Choose any any sort of costume for any weather. Oh, and when I... I'm sorry, please go ahead. Any battle situation. No, you go on. Well, I, I do have a, uh, an HOA report for the oh. HOA president. Yes. I completed all the deposits that I've received so far. Rather, all the payments for the HOA uh, pay, uh, fees for this year. I completed the deposit, and I need to have them co-signed by the vice president. I need to reach out to him. Yes. And then I can uh, take them to the bank. If you're new here, I am the president of our HOA, and Dr. Husband is the treasurer, which is totally not Correct. You shouldn't have two officers in the same household. But I was the only one to volunteer to be president, and I mentioned that, and everyone said, no, it's fine. And honestly, the treasurer is the only one who does any work. That's true. Yes. So it's, I probably I spent about an hour and a half yesterday processing all the payments because I have to record them and everything. You know. Gross. It's fine. It's fine. So I'll take them to the bank. Uh, otherwise, it's just been a quiet weekend. I'll say. Not like poor Superman and Batman. Oh my goodness, they just finished an adventure, put the trophy on the shelf, walked away, and things kick off, right? We are reading World's Finest Comics, number, number 162, November 1966, featuring Pawns of the Jousting Master. Uh, we have on the cover a knight in armor, slashing Batman's utility belt off with a sword, and clunking Superman in the head with a mace. Indeed. What is his power? Let's find out. Okay. Now, these are your two favorite heroes, Superman and Batman, mm-hmm. in one adventure together. Robin is at school. He's at time, school, so, so he's he nowhere to be seen. To join. No. Right. I was hoping Robin would come in at the last minute, like somehow go to Professor Nichols and be hypnotized back through time and join them in their adventure, but... No such luck. No, no. It was an interesting adventure. So on the splash page, we have um, Batman and Robin. No. I'm sorry, Batman Batman and Superman. Superman. Batman is being uh, launched at the castle Uh uh, with a catapult. Both of our heroes are being attacked with arrows Uh and all sorts of spears and such at this medieval castle. And there's clearly an assault being led by someone who appears to be a king attacking the tower. Uh, I wish they'd done the boiling oil out of the parapets. Yes. Which uh, Which is the greatest supergroup? The Legion of Superheroes? The Justice League? Don't vote till you journey to 6th century Britain with Batman and Superman to meet a paladin with the powers of Invisible Kid, a speedster who can outzoom the Flash, and a knight whose armor even Superman can't dent. They're all magnificent members of King Arthur's Round Table. For acres of action, watch the world's finest team join these bold Britons as... Pawns of, of the, the Jousting Master. Master. One day at 12 noon. 12 noon exactly. I don't know why that's important. Mm-mm. We find... Oh, I guess it's because Robin's at school. Yeah. Oh, we find Batman and Superman in the Batcave. As Batman adds a trophy from their latest case to his collection. That sure was a tough one, eh, Batman? I'll say. Too bad Robin isn't is at school and missed it. Now... Can't Robin come home for lunch? That's what I always did when I was in junior high school. Well, I'm assuming he goes to Rich Academy. So it's not going to be right next to Wayne Manor. But he could get Alfred to drive him home for lunch. He could, but I'm sure they have excellent meals at Rich Academy. I used to come home for lunch with Anita Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she would usually be wearing her cheerleading outfit. <laughs> and we'd come home and we'd... For lunch, we would just eat a jar of green olives. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, we loved them. Really? Yes. Suddenly, here comes a puff of smoke in the Batcave. Mm-hmm. 
Batman's keen instincts warn him to turn around, and he is greeted by the most astonishing sight he's ever seen, or in fact, Great. I have ever seen. Great Krypton, a knight in the Batcave. A knight. Mm-hmm, a knight. Who are you? How did you get here? What do you want? Suffice it to say that I am the jousting master, and I'm here to fight you. I challenge you to combat under the following conditions. If you win, I will return to whence I came. If I win, you will obey my commands. How can a mere knight threaten us, Superman? (laughs) He can't. We accept. Right. So this knight, uh, well, Superman throws a punch, first of all. And he kind of pulls his punch a little bit. So it doesn't really knock the guy out, right? He'd uh, obliterated normal human being if he punched his full strength. But he punches him, and he does... No damage. No damage. Well, the knight dodges his punch Mm -hmm. and then swings his mace at Superman, which actually hurts him. Which actually knocks him down, see? Also, it, yes. Uh, Superman throws a punch at this guy's shield. It doesn't even make a dent. Mm -hmm. And And now, another blow. And and Superman's out. Out! Out cold. KO! As Superman falls to the ground, unconscious, the jousting master faces Batman. Now that I've defeated your friend, I'll take care of you. Now, Batman's got an idea how to defeat this mook. Mm -hmm. But uh, then panics as the guy draws a sword. Yeah. So he strikes first with his mighty batarang. Mm. Does nothing. (laughs) Yep, clunk. Uh, Batman barely ducks a swing of the sword Mm -hmm. and then goes in for a judo throw. But... uh, Gets hit in, by the hilt of the sword? Yeah, well, he didn't have in enough the, leverage. You're no. supposed to use your opponent's weight against them. Wow, yeah, that's yeah. pretty heavy suit of armor, but he didn't get the right uh, angle or something because he's knocked out. Knocks Batman down to the, to the ground, and he's got little stars going around his head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wouldn't it be better if he had little bats flying around his head? <laughs> Indeed. Now Batman throws a tiny little stun bomb from his utility belt, and then this character throws his sword up to the ceiling at a stalactite. Mm-hmm. Is those the ones that are above? Yeah, they're held yeah, tight. Stalactite. Yeah, and uh, down it comes upon Batman's head, and he's out. Ouch. Minutes later, our heroes have woken up and agreed that the jousting master has bested to them. Indeed. And suddenly he vanishes in a. Time well, he, missed. He says he has. They have to. He, they must obey him. They have to follow him back. Yeah, they so, have no choice. Right. So they cross the centuries in seconds. Batman and Superman are greeted by King Arthur and his court. Greetings, men of the future. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Surely he'd be talking in Old English right. or Latin. Oh, <laughs> or Welsh. Greetings, men of the future. Um, Rob. Yes? How many knights of the round table do you think there are? I was wondering. I thought it was 12. That's what I thought, too, but I went to Wikipedia to do some research, and some sources say up to 1,600. No! Yeah. And then I didn't read anything about them having superpowers. Well, we'll get to that in a moment, yes. Um, uh, In fact, King Edward the Confessor made his own round table and he had 300 knights my goodness or 30 i can't remember it's oh. been so long since i read it like at least 10 minutes mm-hmm. now the jousting master removes his helmet who do you think it is king arthur no sir lancelot sir lancelot perhaps you wonder how i triumphed over you despite your strange powers turns out each of these knights of the round table has a magical power or weapon there is king arthur's sword excalibur which, he, which can pierce anything. His, uh, Sir Lancelot's invulnerable armor, Sir Gawain's belt, uh, which increases his strength from dawn to noon. Sir Bohart's magical boots, which give their wearer boundless speed. Sir Kay's cloak of invisibility. All these were lent to Sir Lancelot when he traveled into the future. And that's how he managed to overcome. He put kryptonite inside kryptonite. the mace to weaken Superman. Which Merlin conjured up because he observed Superman in the future in his magic crystal. And he conjured up a tiny chunk of kryptonite. Indeed. And concealed it in the mace. Hmm. And obviously, Batman says, Merlin created the time mist. But now what? Why have they been brought to the past, Rob? He says, well, I will explain. 
Several days ago, a huge sky thing from a world among the stars landed near Camelot. Its inhabitants, weird heathens, asked us for mercy and shelter. These I gave them, but no sooner did they gain my trust than they turned on me. They used a strange power to become doubles of myself, Merlin, and six knights who were with us. And using our own powers and weapons, they drove us from Camelot. Now, King Arthur and his men have holed up in this uh, hilltop fortress. Makeshift castle. Yes. (laughs) A tiny outpost, which Merlin and Merlin magically transported the round table there so that they could plan and discuss things and eat. His powers are tremendous. I'll say, why didn't he be the king? So he says, this is why we brought you, the two greatest heroes of all, back in time to help us drive out the alien imposters before great evil results. And, uh, of course, Superman and Batman are going to help out, right? What else can they say but on to... Camelot. Camelot. The next day, a group of ten... Camelot. We're going to fight for Camelot. (laughs) Camelot. 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 The next day, you were saying... The next day, a group of ten powerful, determined men sets out to besiege a castle containing hundreds of equally determined men. Camelot is straight ahead. Minutes later before the massive gates. You who hide inside the castle, surrender. King Arthur commands. That's old English, oh. in case you weren't. Okay, so um, super, uh, Batman thinks, no answer. It's a good thing Superman put these siege devices together at super speed. I've got a hunch we'll need them. Siege devices, of course, are those big catapult-like things. Yeah, things yeah, yeah. They throw but then Arthur is answered with a volley of arrows. Yes, and luckily Batman tosses a shield in front of him just in the nick of time, which uh, King Arthur has his own shield. I don't know why that was necessary. Uh, well, King Arthur couldn't act that quickly. So he's, so King Arthur uh, orders, Knights of the Round Table, attack! Hark, all ye readers, to our command. Turn ye to part two, if ye would know the outcome of this fray. <laughs> I'm going to pause here for the letters page, because okay. there's some serious shenanigans happening. Uh, okay, let's go. Dear Editor, in regard to your use of the initials FBI on the cover of World's Finest Number 156, may I point out that there is a federal law which prohibits knowingly using the words Federal Bureau of Investigation or the initials FBI or any colorable imitation of such words or initials in connection with any advertisement, circular, book, pamphlet, or other publication, play, motion picture, broadcast, telecast, or other production in a manner reasonably calculated to convey the impression that such is approved, endorsed, or authorized by the Federal Bureau of Investigation without written permission of the director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Signed, J. Edgar Hoover. (laughs) Not really. It's Charles Franklin of New York, New York, but... uh, he writes back, uh, We had no intention of conveying the impression that our store was endorsed by the FBI. We offer our apologies to Mr. J. Edgar Hoover and promise to go straight in the future. Editor. Wow. Wow. I mean, who's this Charles Franklin character? He's got a lot of time on his hands. And a lot of legal knowledge, I could tell you that, about the federal government. He's probably not married. No. No. Well, you know those FBI men, they are so busy on their crime fighting and whatnot, they don't have time for a family. Standing around the water cooler. Even J. Edgar Hoover only had time to wear women's underthings and (laughs) secretly sleep with his male lover. Oh, my. Well, Rob, it's history. I can't deny the facts. Okay. More arrows flying their way. Batman can't handle them all with his shield that he's flinging about. So Superman takes uh, over capturing the arrows mm-hmm. and then um king arthur says quickly men batter the gates down or we'll be halted in our tracks forgive me um, i'm having a little bit of adjustment issues with my contacts well i told you you should have got those all white ones like storm yeah so he says it's no good only superman can flatten those huge gates and he's busy stopping arrows so batman is so clever yeah climbs into the seat or the bowl the catapult yeah of the catapult and launches himself forward toward the castle into a barrage of arrows that he has to dodge midair which is no easy thing he says no. it's like trying to run through a hailstorm without getting hit if only he could fly like a bat they can dodge and dart well the best he has cat like reflexes doesn't he now he punches out a guy at the top of the castle here mm-hmm. and uh pushes 
some kind of heavy thing over the top. Oh, it's the arrow machine. It's the arrow the machine. The multi-arrow fire. I've never heard of an arrow machine, but I have never actually studied medieval battle um, implements. Right, right, right. Well, guess what? Uh, I don't think this writer had either. Meanwhile, on the ground below, Superman take, makes short work of this war, the door. Right, the yes. crashes through the wooden door. I think that might have been the first thing that happened with the Superman would just crash through the flimsy wooden door. Well, yeah. Well, well yeah. he could have picked up the whole castle and moved it if he wanted to. He could have just flown at super speed and just defeated all the yes. knights right away. But then the story would be over. So That's soon. true. Yeah. Uh, now, look out because these interlopers have been waiting for us to get in. Right, but Sir Lancelot is in his... Um, in his invulnerable armor, invulnerable yes. armor. So he says, "Stand behind me. My invulnerable armor will protect us." And Superman confesses, "In my own time, I sometimes do the same for my Justice League pals." Braggart. Mm. Uh, the soldiers, the other soldiers, have fled. Now we're only left with King Arthur and his knights and their alien counterparts, who are going to face off against each other. Face to face battle. Moons of Krypton. Two Arthurs battling with two Excaliburs, two invisible Sir Kays, two Sir Lancelots. And here comes the phony Merlin right for Superman. Me? Now, Go ahead. Well, there's no mention here that Superman, aside from kryptonite, he has another weakness, which is magic. I didn't know that. Well, yes, it's true. Oh. But I wonder if it had been established yet, because there's no... I mean, usually it would have been very clear in the text that Superman would think... My other weakness, magic. <laughs> yeah, of course, he's, he's done a lot of thinking as it is, little thought bubbles appearing. So meanwhile, what if Batman, um, he's on the tower above. He says, oh, that blow. It's the, uh, it's the bogus Sir Gowan. His belt gives off the strength of 10 men. I'm lucky he only grazed me. He says, you'll have to be faster than that. Now, if I can catch him without, with my batarang while he's off balance. Now, I do like that Sir Gowan, or Gawain, if you're... That's how you say it in your head, like I do. But I'm sure Gowan is correct. I don't. I don't claim to be any sort of scholar in that area. But anyway, he's got a go-go check cape on. Nice. Green and black. Uh, so Batman loops the Batarang with a rope around his ankle and... Pew, pew, pew. Flings him to the ground. Uh, but then this knight attacks Batman. He's going to throw him off the parapet. Right. Now, this is when Batman should use his judo... Yeah. Moves. When the knight's coming toward him, he just continues and gently guides him with his judo. Well, quickly. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, uses the force of the guy coming toward him and shoves him right over the edge. But no, what happens? Uh, well, just then Superman is flung into the side of the tower by Merlin. Luckily, Superman's invulnerable. But, but it shakes the tower and causes both Batman and Sir Gowan to fall to the ground, luckily landing in a cart of hay. <laughs> Now, Batman has just a second because Sir Gowan's armor is too heavy. He can't get his balance up quick enough. And Batman socks him in the jaw. Suck him a G. <laughs> Meanwhile, Superman, who has found uh, bricklayers, what do you call the thing that you carry the bricks on? I, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. It's the and you don't carry bricks on that. You actually carry mortar on that. Well, Superman can carry anything on I it. I know. I'm just saying that strong. normally you put mortar on it, and that's where you would use your mortar to right. your bricks. Anyway, he's building a tower around Merlin, which... Mm -hmm. uh, At super speed. Traps him. I don't know what good that would be against magic, but... One time I did one, a virtual video game. Um, no, no, no. I watched a guy. Um, I love to watch these videos of the guy who, who um, like builds amusement parks and, uh -huh. and uh, like zoos and malls and dentist's office, but he... He specifically tricks the game to create the worst experience you could possibly have. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I watched this one. It was uh, This reminds me of this building, this wall around Merlin. He built a, a, a cage for, like, 100 giraffes that could only hold one standing still. It was so, oh, so funny. And they just, you know, it shows them all expiring. Of course, it's all virtual, you know. <laughs> sure, it's so sure. silly, all animated. But it was, it was very funny. King Arthur orders the knights to fall back to the West Tower where they're going to make their last stand. Oh, no, that was the alien. The alien King Arthur is going to fall back. Right, right. Uh, Superman and the gang reach the West Tower, and Superman's about to knock down the door. But 
he notices that one of the men on top of the tower is actually holding kryptonite, and it's weakening Superman. What? How yes. can kryptonite exist in the past? Uh, this is all new to me. Go ahead. It's new to me, too. I think they just made it up on the spot. During a United Nations H-bomb test, a kryptonite meteor was caught in the blast and hurled through the time barrier by the terrific force, mm. says the editor. So many of these things happen, dealing with time and that we don't even know about. No. What would we do if we didn't have the comics to explain it to us? We'd be living in a timeless hellscape, oh my probably. God. So, what is this knight, Sir Bors? Sir Bors. He's a ring, a ring of, of fire. fire. He built it out of a dragon's With tooth. A ring of fire. And he can shoot fire out of it once a day. Yes. So, he vaporized the kryptonite. This must be a hell of a ring. Yeah, well, he formed it from a dragon's tooth. Mm. Once every day, he can use it to emit flames. Mm. Uh, so he vaporizes the kryptonite just as it fell. And now Superman can smash through the door and in they go to the tower in a mighty scene reminiscent of The Adventures of Robin Hood, 1939, starring Errol Flynn and Olivia de Havilland. Mm. Uh, all the knights pour into the tower. They keep on battling. Uh, Sir Galahad has mm -hmm. his, well, the alien Sir Galahad has a spear that can change direction. And he launches it. And it avoids Superman and plunges right, right in into Batman's, Batman's arm. Yeah. Looks yeah. like his shoulder. Shoulder maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Superman is enraged. He strikes back. He's going to finish off these phony knights. I don't know why he was holding back before because, man, he is just knocking people out left and right. And he, and he, he says something about, about possibly killing. Yes. If Batman dies, I don't know if I'll be able to stop myself from avenging him despite my code against killing. Mm. Uh, the fake King Arthur is about to give up and, but makes one last strike with Excalibur against Superman's back, which only stuns Superman. Right. He's going to go in for the killing blow, but here comes Batman. Ta-ta! Mm -hmm. I don't With a high kick. I don't expect Batman to announce himself with a ta-ta! <laughs> Batman to the rescue! Thank heavens you weren't badly hurt. And before the stunned knights can recover, and knights is in quotes because yep. they're not their fakes, right? right. Um, he says, uh, uh, the, Sir Sir Lancelot says, We have them. The alien impersonator, oh, excuse me, the alien imitators are helpless. Good. Take their weapons. Bind them in Merlin's magic chains, which will rob them of their powers. And so, as King Arthur once again on his throne prepares to sentence the captives. For impersonating myself and my court, and for misdeeds committed in our forms, I hereby condemn you all to death by electrocution. Er, I mean, uh. Batman says, electrocution? King Arthur couldn't possibly know anything about electricity. That means... Yes, Batman, we are the aliens. You were duped into aiding our conquest of this place, which you did admirably. So, they... What do they do here? Well, they rally. They're going to... Uh, Superman says, let's get them. Right. And the, but the, the kryptonite gets pulled out. Yeah. King Arthur... Fake King Arthur fake still King Arthur. has the kryptonite mm -hmm. with... Uh, and with one arm useless, Batman, you can see now that his shoulder's bandaged up. Yeah. You yeah. are no threat to us. So Superman's obviously starting to weaken immediately, but he says, I have one last chance. If I can hit Arthur's hand with my super breath and make him drop the copy of Excalibur. And he does. And he goes, what's this? He drops the copy of Excalibur right on top of Merlin's magic chains, which are holding what we know to be now the real King Arthur of the Knights of the Round Table. By Merlin's beard! Uh, the real knights retrieve their weapons and charge into the fray. Mm. Mm. And uh, make quick work of these aliens. Right. Uh... So, so what he uses is flame ring. Now we find mm. Sir Kay can grow giant, just like Colossal Boy. Yeah, well, the two Merlins are, are, are <laughs> basically staring apart from each other and waving their hands back and forth. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, who's this guy, the big guy? Sir uh, Kay. Sir Kay, who had the invisible cloak, but he also can grow giant. But he also can grow. He grabs the other Sir Kay, the fake Sir Kay. Yeah. Now, King Arthur announces that his son... Bohart 
has the super speed and has defeated his double. Bohart. Yeah. I had never heard of that being King Arthur's son. No, I, I, that sounds like a dog's name. Well, Wikipedia did reveal that Bohart uh, does exist in some chronicles and is often named as Arthur's successor. Okay. But not as a blood relation. My goodness. I thought Arthur only had Mordred as his illegitimate son. Oh, my. Well, I don't know. I'm not up on my Arthurian lore. No, no, no. And so shortly after, the aliens are in their true form again, aren't they? Yes, oh, they look like... Oh, I forgot like... to mention that one, one, the fake King Arthur yields to the real King Arthur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, these aliens look like, if you've ever seen the film Mac and Me... Yes. They look like Mac. They do. And they're wearing fringed, looks like Native American jerkins of some kind. Yes. Lace and fringe and... Superman, uh, he is not messing around. He says, uh, into your ship, I'll give you a good start. Look at him. <laughs> right? Because the aliens admit that they're beaten. And he tosses the yeah. ship into outer space. Tosses it, like a yeah. baseball. Yeah. Uh, now, Batman announces we can return to our own time. This adventure is over. But first, King Arthur doesn't let them go yet. No. Kneel, Superman and Batman. I dub you, Sir Superman and Sir Batman, Knights of the Round Table, the greatest heroes of all. Hail, Superman and Batman. And there was much rejoicing. The, the end. end. Nice little adventure there, huh? I, I still wish Robin had been involved. I do too, but I really did enjoy it. I did too. It was a nice departure from cops and robbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was not... Uh, I mean, there's nothing super spectacular about it, except that... Except the, that the knights all had superpowers. Right. Or articles that gave them superpowers. Sure. Yeah. Now, you might think that's the end of our episode. Not. Well, you know, you told me just to, you know, to prepare the Superman and Batman story, yeah. but I turned pages because I was like, oh, I wonder what's next. And I was so excited at the next story that I went ahead and read it, too. It is a story of Tommy tomorrow, Tommy T... And his close friend, Brent. Brent Wood. Brent Wood. Brent Wood. Um, Tommy Tomorrow, if you'll recall, was the backup feature. Of course, this is a reprint. It's an editor's roundtable special. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was the very first issue of World's Finest that we looked at on this podcast. And I despaired of ever seeing Tommy Tomorrow again. But it was so delightful last time because Brent gets so nervous when there's action and he would say oh my gosh tommy oh that's where that came from yes yes of course he didn't even say it this time i know yeah uh he's probably too busy trimming his mustache and that little pencil thin that's a a lot of maintenance to keep a a mustache that pencil thin yeah we've got to do something about the speeding in this neighborhood what's going i know i've had complaints i know i don't know what we're gonna do um i say Mm -hmm. that we put uh like those parking gates Right, that you have to slip your ID in raise, yeah. to raise and lower. You yeah. put them in front of every house, <laughs> so you have to go through the entire series of gates to get to your. If say if you're at the end of the block, yeah. which are the people that speed. Yes, that's why they're speeding because they have to. to it's going to take them so long, so long to get home. What a minute! Yeah, speed limit here is 15 miles per hour, friends. So if you're ever planning to come and visit us, bear that in mind. We're on a um. A dead end street yes. with, with uh, two cul de sacs at the yes. end. This is the turnaround. So, everybody in our neighborhood walks. As you know from listening to our podcast, yes. everybody walks their dogs, their kids. And people from adjoining neighborhoods like our, they quiet, like little our quiet little street. And so, we always have people walking in the mornings, afternoons, and evenings. It's delightful. You say hello to people all the time. Mm-hmm. These speeders, these MFers, I just, I'm over it. Well, they live at the end of the block and they're independent business persons and so you know how coggy they can be uh, let's get back to Tommy tomorrow shall we funny Tommy says I have the strangest feeling I'm in danger but that's silly what danger can there be at a gay happy circus well I can think of a few things that might happen at a gay circus uh, especially in those coach shorts what that the hell is he wearing uh, look at what he's wearing Tommy Tommy's got a full long sleeve shirt on, right? Yep. With a what's that little little banded collar? Yeah. Right, and uh, elbow high yellow uh, uh, gauntlets gloves, gauntlets of some Ga- kind, something yes. like that. And he's got a yellow belt. Yeah. And then 
shorts. I mean, I don't know. Knee-length shorts. Yeah, no, like no, 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 it's a mid-calf, sorry, mid-calf, mid-calf shorts. What? Like skorts almost. Yes, they're kind of blousy, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Yeah, like the, if the wind catches them, they might whiffle around in the wind. Skin-tight top and the skort on the bottom. Skort. What's and that? knee-high boots. Is it like an homage to a, to a, a kilt? Perhaps. Well, I don't know. Mm. I mean, you know, those future people, they don't care what they wear. No. So great was the response to the Tommy Tomorrow story we recently reprinted that we have chosen another adventure of the Galactic Gladiator for the editor's roundtable in this issue. This tale from Action Comics number 200, January 1955, tells how Tommy and his planeteer partner, Captain Brent Wood, joined the, the Human Circus. I didn't notice it until just now. In that uh, splash panel, there is a lasso coming down yeah. from outside of the panel to yep. capture Tommy Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tommy Tomorrow debuted in 1947's Real Fact Comics number one. Real Fact Comics. Real Fact Comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Having exciting space-born adventures in the futuristic year of 1990. Ooh. Uh, later, he was retooled, and his adventures would take place in the mid-21st century, 2050, which that's coming up. It is. And you better get your blousy shorts ready to go. Okay. Uh, and he appeared in Asha Comics after a short hiatus. He was retooled again and then presented in Showcase Comics. But he did not get another series hmm. from that appearance. Brent was dropped. Mm-hmm. And Tommy got an alien from Venus as its partner. Okay. Well, I, I can't approve that. I like Brent a great deal. His outfit reminds me a little bit of my um, art teacher in elementary school, Mrs. Lynn, who I adored. She had a cute little bob haircut, like a Sandy Duncan kind of... No, not Sandy Duncan. Where was it where you had little square bangs and then it comes curvy down? Like Doris Day. Like Doris Day, mm-hmm. yes. And uh, she used to wear what I later came to know were culottes. Culottes, that's what these are. That's what I was thinking that reminded me of. Because yeah. um, she would... Which is like... A, it look, when you're standing still, it looks like a sort of a slenderish kind of dress pants kind of mm-hmm. right you know dress right 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 and then when you walk you realize oh wait those are those are two separate legs yes and i remember the first time i saw her I, I don't know why i remember seeing them and it was i can even draw it for you what it looked like and i thought what a strange thing i thought she was wearing a dress you know she fooled you she sure did um I forget what I was going to say, but it was surely... Oh, it was about history. Tommy Tomorrow. Tommy Tomorrow, yes. After the crisis on Infinite Earths, you may or may not know that there was a character called Commandy, the last boy on Earth. Okay. And uh, he lived in the 30th century, I believe, and was... Uh, the entire world had been taken over by talking animals. Oh. It was right after... You know, Planet of the Apes was hot, hot, hot. So hot, like. hot, hot. Uh, and it was revealed after the... Crisis on Infinite Earths that the boy who would become Mm Commandy, that actually never happened, and Commandy was found by Colonel Horatio Tomorrow and adopted, and that became Tommy Tomorrow. Oh, wow. Well, I think they've all done away with that now, but. Okay, okay. So, cruising outer regions of space one morning, Colonel Tommy Tomorrow of the Planeteers and co pilot. Captain Brent Wood stumble on a mystery. Oh my gosh, Tommy. An empty spacesuit with toy balloons tied to it. Who left it here in space and why? Would those toy balloons actually have burst? I would in the vacuum of space. Think so mm-hmm. they'd surely be filled with helium if they were left in space, right? No, not necessarily. I mean, if they, they had, could if they had come them. from a planet, they, they could be healed. Uh, a person could blow them up. I just don't think that the membrane of a uh, of balloon, right? Of a balloon, could last that long in the cold vacuum of space. And look over there, also in space, <laughs> circus trapeze bars. Is somebody playing a practical joke? Tommy says, "No, Brent. I get it. These are markers for a space trail, cleverly left by some ship in distress." And that trapeze tell us exactly who it was. Last month, the famous space circus troupe vanished mysteriously. 
Apparently, their ship was disabled and their radio went on the blink. So they left this trail towards some world ahead where they must have crash-landed for repairs. I love this. And he's looking at a list and it says, Space Missing Persons Bureau. <laughs> Space Missing Persons Bureau. I wish we could read the other people that were missing. I was trying to earlier and I could not make it out. Uh, as it's nonsense. But we see very clearly, this is like in uh, Dark Victory when Betty Davis opens her yeah. diagnosis. And it diagnosis says negative and it floats up to yeah. her eyeballs. Oh, that's a great movie. We should watch that sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Sure enough, at the end of the trail, on a planetoid, a shipwreck marked by a clown balloon. <laughs> a giant clown balloon. Well, that would get attention of anyone passing by the space lanes, I'll say. But don't you love Tommy Tomorrow's spaceship? Is that not the best? It yes. looks like a Studebaker. It's the Space Ace. Oh, it's great. Uh, following a swift examination, Brent decides that no one's been killed or hurt. But I wonder where they all went. Brent's not too clever, is he? Well, he's uh, handsome. He's, so, yeah. you know, you he's don't need to be. Yeah. So Tommy says, footprints lead this way. We'll follow them up. But be careful. Despite its Earth-type air, this is an unknown world and may be inhabited by hostile, primitive people. But a pleasant surprise soon greets the two planeteers. Look! A beautiful modern city. That means the inhabitants of this world are civilized and probably didn't harm the circus people. Probably not. <laughs> An even greater shock awaits them as they reach the city and find... Oh my gosh, Tommy. Intelligent tigers instead of humans. Look, their breath comes out in steam like smoke. They seem to have an odd type of breathing that exhales cloudy vapors, somewhat like whales. Well, okay. Uh, they even blow smoke rings at times. I know, when I read that somewhat like whales, I was like, I was trying to look to see, are, are there are there blowholes in the backs of their heads? They're just, you know... They're just blowing stuff out of their mouths. But also, whales are not blowing smoke out of their blowing uh, No. Clearly. That doesn't happen like that. So, suddenly... Hey, they're capturing us with nets like wild animals. These tiger police have nets at the ready. And this is just like Planet of the Apes. Um, now, Tommy's going to try to talk sense into them. They take their ray guns, and Tommy says, Now, attention, please. Notice that we talk and... What? It's no use. These tiger men have no ears. They can't hear anything. <laughs> Soon. Jump and Jupiter. They're taking us to the circus. What for? Oh my gosh, Tommy. They're training us like gulp circus animals. I guess that's it. He's prodding you to jump through this. <laughs> Oop. No doubt he thinks of us as just smart apes. Uh, now he's training... <laughs> Tommy and Brent to do the thing like where the lions jump from one tub to another <laughs> fight or something. Yeah. Now he's hooked them up to a uh, chariot and he's driving them like a team of horses. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh, Tommy. Uh, and oh. the worst part of it is they can't hear our voices. They think we're just dumb animals. No, and he says that they're not cruel. They feed us and treat us well. Yes, he's even <laughs> petting us now for now, being such good little doggies. Not only have they provided flatware to Tommy and Brent, but they are gently stroking Brent's head, as you would a kitten. Mm -hmm. Now, they are finally taken to their cage where they're to sleep, and what do you think they find? Other planeteers. Oh, excuse me, the, the, the actual circus. The missing circus, circus troopers. Yes, planeteers, since we always train while traveling, we had our circus costumes on when they captured us. Lucky us. They must think we just have queer hides. <laughs> to the circus people, this indeed was an ironic fate. My husband, the lion tamer, now paces the cage like the lion he used to tame. We can't escape. What's more, some of us are missing. Well, honestly, it serves you right, lion tamer, the way you treat those animals. You see, those who fail in the training are taken away and we never see them again. What if they are killed like worthless animals? And Tommy says, hmm, that means we're all in danger of that unknown fate unless we can somehow prove we're dumb, we're not dumb beasts. They have to find a way to communicate with these earless tigers. But how do they talk to each other? Do they use telepathy? No, Colonel Tomato. I'm Mento, the telepath. And I found their minds closed to my thought speech, too. As far as we could discover, they don't have any way to con converse among themselves. Crazy as that seems. Now, back up, because Mento is not just a telepath. 
He's a telepathist. Telepathist. That means he must have a degree in it. Oh, I wish I could get a degree in telepathy. Don't you? No, actually I don't. I don't want to be able to read people's minds. Why? I prefer just to go on what they say and do. Oh, an observer of character, Mm. I see. Now, Tommy knows they must have some strange way to communicate or they'd be more mere dumb animals. (laughs) Sign language? Not with their thick paws. Written messages? We saw none. What in the universe is left? What indeed? Well, we've already been given a clue, reader. We have. Next day, as the newly trained Earth animals begin their first big show. It's a full house, waiting to see the clever animals perform, doing their trained tricks. First a parade, and then our act. It seems weird, though, all this hoop-de-doo in dead silence. That sounds like a dream, honestly. What? If you could just watch big spectacular things like this with no noise. Could you imagine? Just like if, but if you could hear, you hear the occasional cough, yeah, occasional fart, you know, just like some rustling of paper, peep, crunching of popcorn, and then they all go like this, wave their paws in the air. For the first act, a star tigerman midget, <laughs> using the humans like trained horses in a ring. It's all like an earthly circus, but in reverse, with us as the trained beasts. Now comes our human horse act, Tommy. Brent, look! Wait, Brent is... Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, I got the voices mixed up. Oh my gosh, Tommy, now comes our human horse act. That's it. Brent, look. Notice the peculiar formations made by the ringmaster's steamy breath. It's almost as if he's announcing this to the crowd. Now I get it. Look at the acrobat taking a bow with the crowd cheering him. Cheering? Oh my gosh, Tommy, I don't hear a sound. Never mind that now, Brent. I'll explain later. Build up this smoky fire of straw dust and straw and sawdust. Oh my gosh, Tommy, you don't plan to burn the tent down, do you? Oh, I see. Indian smoke signals, eh? But, uh, who are you signaling, Tommy? The tiger people. This is their way of talking. Make rings, symbols, anything. See? See? The ringmaster hears us now by accident we're forming some words in their smoke language proving that we are intelligent wow oh my gosh tommy using mere smoke we're proving we can talk eh now uh so yes the tigerman finally believe that brent and tommy and the other humans are intelligent creatures and start blowing smoke in his face (laughs) probably apologizing now for thinking us dumb animals Not having ears to hear, they devise their own smoke language with their steamy breaths. I wonder how that smells. Oh. It's no more odd than us making sound symbols for our ears. They hear with their eyes instead. Do you think the tiger people use a giant litter box in their house? Oh. How would that work in a tiger society? Would there be, like, public litter boxes out the street that you could use? Yeah, sure. Pay litter boxes in fancy cities? Yeah, like... Litter boxes over in restaurants. Uh-huh. Yeah. Schools with litter boxes in the in the corner. Yeah. Right? Shared litter boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of tidy cat. I'll say. Mm-hmm. But before releasing the humans, the Tigermen lead them to various houses where... So this was the fate of those who failed the circus test. They became pampered pets in tiger homes. Nobody was harmed in the least. Pampered pets, I'll say, this character's on an easy chair... Smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and being brought food. Bring brought food. They didn't bother to take his clown costume off. Well, no. But he is sure being pampered. And so, after repairing the circus ship... Look, a farewell from them in gigantic sky smoke writing. It probably says something like, Good luck, Earth friends. Or it could say something like, thanks for alerting us to the presence of your people. We're going to invade your planet soon. (laughs) Or maybe it says, come back next time and we'll eat you. Yeah. Mm. We're going to invade your planet and turn it into a silent wasteland where everyone has to use their bad breath to communicate. (laughs) The planet of halitosis. Wait till headquarters hears of this. People who speak in smoke signals. Oh my gosh, Tommy. And when we tell of our horse act, we'll get the horse laugh. I'm going to look up more Tommy Tomorrow stories from this era. Oh, yes. I like them. Me too. They're very lighthearted and spunky, aren't they? I'll say. You notice that we don't see the shorts outfit anywhere else in the story except that splash page they've put on 
long dungarees for their adventure on this other planet. <laughs> of course. Well, it's nothing like the most famous talking tiger of all, Mr. Talkie Tawny. I don't of, know who that is. Friend of Captain Marvel. Okay. Uh, he wears a uh, dapper little suit and walks around town. Everyone knows him in Fawcett City or wherever Captain Marvel lives nowadays. Okay. And he was uh, given some kind of secret potion in the jungle and became human-like in appearance. He changed his whole physical structure so he wow. could walk around in shoes and suits and jackets and things. Is he anything like Hobbes? No, because he's... Well, that's interesting that you say that because, yes, nowadays I think he is kind of imaginary or magical or something, but in the good old days, mm -hmm. he was an actual tiger that was transformed into a human-tiger hybrid mm. so that he could talk and walk mm. around town. Wow. I'm glad mm. we don't have a tiger. Well, why? Because they're, they're so cute. Uh, they and all deadly. Sort of deadly, yes. But uh, our love could tame a tiger. Really? Yes, all you have to do is hold it and don't let it go when it's a kitten, and then it becomes bonded to you and it's afraid to do anything that you don't tell it to do. Oh my God. That's how they do it in the circus holding therapy. We'd have no furniture. Well, we barely have furniture now. That cat goes all around scratching things. Oh, that stupid cat. What's got into that cat? cat? Uh, no, our cat's delightful. Yes. He's very precious to us. And he's almost one years old. Almost. I don't have any other business to discuss, do you? No, no, no. She's doing a great job on our lawn across the street. Well, she's been at it for quite a while. Well, we haven't done our lawn this weekend, have we? No, we haven't. We'll do it Well, week. we've been busy. Mm-hmm. You can find us on social media at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook for now. Mm-hmm. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your free podcasts from because we're everywhere. Mm. If you happen to be going to Baltimore Comic Con on September 8th, 9th, 10th, we'll be there. We will. Probably only on Saturday, but we'll have identifying T-shirts or garments of some kind. Maybe we'll speak in smoke signals. That's how you can identify us. <laughs> Just follow your nose. Indeed. And you can find us right back here next week. Yes. Yeah. Anything else? No. Well, I hope you all have a fantastic week. Same, girls. Laugh same. a lot. Read some comics, right? Yeah. Bye. Bye.